You are listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. The biggest practice challenges doctors face today. Find out how one leading business journal identifies challenges and works towards solutions. Welcome to the business of medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Leslie Kane, the article's editor of Medical Economics, a leading business journal for practicing physicians. She has written about finance, practice management, career, and personal development, and has a master's degree in clinical counseling. Welcome, Leslie. Good morning. Thank you. Leslie, can you tell me why it's so difficult to be a doctor these days? You know, the healthcare field has really changed, and most doctors know there are a lot of issues that never used to exist that they have to deal with today. Uh, just some of them, you've got declining reimbursement, you have challenges from other forms of delivery like retail clinics, flu shots given by pharmacies and grocery stores. There's incredible amounts of paperwork for insurance reimbursements. You've got the specter of malpractice, and that, that requires a lot of time from doctors documenting, covering their bases, and high premiums cut into their income as well. And a couple other things are playing into that. You've got technology and the push for electronic health records. Those are expensive. They can be a challenge for a lot of doctors who aren't used to the technology. Beyond all that, the threat of pay-for-performance which raises a lot of ethical and practice dilemmas for doctors. And then they've got to code properly to get paid for the work being done. So you've got so many things going on right now that are a challenge and a difficulty. Right. It leaves very little time for actually taking care of patients because the doctor is worried about all these other things he has to do each day and each hour. As a result of all this, what is happening to the doctors? Are they becoming disenchanted? Are they leaving the field? Well, some are. I'd say more often a lot are forced to practice differently. They have to reevaluate what they're doing and change how they're doing things. It's been a real big jolt for a lot of people. Some people have had traumatic experiences. Some doctors, when they've been sued, it really is a life-changing event for them. And a lot of others are just disappointed that they can't give the kind of patient care that they used to. Most of them, I would say, still love being a doctor. They just really dislike all that aggravation. And, you know, a couple other things playing into that. A lot of doctors today are just not willing to put in the hours of previous generations. So more doctors are going to be employed as opposed to having their own practice. It's also affecting doctors in terms of the rise of the hospitalist, where some doctors work strictly inside the hospital rather than have a practice where he or she has to run back and forth from the practice to the hospital. So there's more of a division between the hospital doctor and the office doctor, and a lot of doctors like this and a lot don't. I can tell you I love it. Um, it has really improved the quality of my life to just stay in my office. I can see more patients in the office. I can be more efficient. I don't have to spend time traveling, and I don't get woken up at night ever because most of the calls at night are from the hospital. So it's really been a, a huge improvement to the quality of my life. So I personally love hospitalists. I know my patients aren't crazy about it, but they accept it, and they understand that I deserve some improved quality of life. Well, that sounds like a real big difference to you, and I'm sure there are plenty of others who agree with you. Yeah, I think the rise in hospitalists is going to continue over the next few years because it's also helping the hospital. The hospital is becoming more efficient, getting patients in and out quicker. If I round just once a day, I don't know what's going on with that patient the rest of the day. I have to wait till the next day to see what tests are coming back. And so if the hospitalist is there... They are on site, they know what's happening, and they can 
expedite things much quicker. Well, there's obviously a lot of benefits for everybody. So what what are some of the things that you see doctors doing differently these days? Well, a lot of things. For one, many solo practitioners are teaming up. They're either merging practices with another doctor or they're getting into groups so that they can share resources and expenses. Another big thing is physician assistants and nurse practitioners. Big rise in that. And that way, doctors get a lot of mid-level providers seeing patients and providing care for a lot of different services, and they're at a different salary level than a physician. A couple other things, technology and electronic health records, which I mentioned before, if a doctor's entering patient information at the time of the patient exam, then he doesn't have to go through all that paperwork and charting later on. That makes a change in how he practices. Another big trend, doctors are adding ancillary services, so they have more services to offer and bill for rather than having to send patients elsewhere. And we've seen a big surge in doctors adding ancillaries. Seems like doctors are being barraged with all sorts of new things they have to deal with. It's true. It's really rough for them, and and there are a lot of changes that people have to incorporate very quickly. Although I think a lot of non-medical listeners will not pity the doctor. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But, you know, some doctors still, they have a tough time. Incomes have changed. They're not where they used to be for many people. And doctors are working a lot harder than some people in regular corporate jobs or, or regular jobs. So it's adapt to survive or die. That that kind of sums it up. Survival of the fittest for physicians. Mm-hmm. What besides these things that you're seeing doctors do, what other kind of adaptations and changes are doctors making? Well, doctors are paying a lot more attention to costs and overhead and to running the practice like a business. You know, many many doctors went into medicine because they didn't want to run a business, but with the reimbursement situation today, they just don't have that luxury of not being business people to some degree. And one of the ways they're doing this is some of them are evaluating their insurance plans that they work with. So we see doctors dropping plans where the reimbursement is just too low or the plan's restrictive, the paperwork is just too onerous, and patients are upset by this, but it's a business decision that a lot of doctors have to make. We also see doctors paying more attention to patient scheduling and doing more to avoid no-shows so that their patient schedule is full up each day. More doctors are using telephone software or their office staff to call patients the day before the visit and remind them of the visit and what to bring with them, such as insurance cards, copay, anything else, or, or even just remind the patient to call up and cancel if they're not coming. So that helps with the revenue. The field of practice management consultants is growing because doctors do realize they need some help. They're calling practice experts and saying, okay, what can we do to make more money or at least stop losing money? Leslie, what about competing for patients? Is that something doctors are becoming more aggressive about? To a degree. I mean, certainly some doctors have websites and are also trying to gain more visibility in their own community. They are advertising. They're putting out brochures. They're using their own software to put out brochures and mailers. They sponsor events in their own town. Referrals 
are usually the best source of new business. And, you know, now some doctors are being more open to asking patients to tell a friend if they're happy with the service they've gotten and to recommend that people go to them. And that's kind of new. It's kind of hard for some doctors to make themselves do that, but uh, a number of them are. In essence, it sounds like doctors are becoming a product that we are selling to consumers, and it's it's an uncomfortable situation for us because we, we did not train to do this. I hate to think of it that way, and I know doctors hate to think of it that way. And it's unfortunate that the world has evolved in that direction with so much competition from so many areas, and doctors just have to get out there. But I will say some doctors are really good at it. Some doctors are discovering an aspect of their personality that maybe never would have been explored, and what they're doing is just getting out and marketing and finding that they're having fun with it. You you mentioned earlier that a lot of doctors are joining up together Do you find that other doctors are choosing to be employed so they don't have to become businessmen? Absolutely. Many are doing that, and a lot of them find it very rewarding. It has upsides. It has downsides. And first of all, they don't have the headaches of running the business. They know what their salary is going to be. The hours may be shorter, and a lot of their business decisions are taken care of. So so definitely there has been a shift to employed doctors as well as to large groups, and that's a major trend that's here to stay. I can tell you, Leslie, that I have been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been an employed physician, and currently I have my own private practice. I thought I would never be in this situation where I had to run my own business, but I have found myself in this situation, and I am doing everything you have mentioned in this show to survive And I am enjoying it and discovering different parts of my personality that I did not know I had and that I am excelling in. So you're absolutely right about having to adapt and having to find new skills in yourself that you may not even have known you've had. You you talked a little earlier about ancillary services. Um, What can you tell me about ancillary services? Which ones are doctors using currently? Which ones are the most popular ones? Okay, let me just run through a couple and then I'll tell you a bit more about each one. I'd say the popular ones, you have halter monitoring, laser hair removal, dispensing drugs, um, waived lab services. The halter monitoring really is a a quick and easy. It it provides a 24 or 48 or 72-hour recording of a patient's heartbeat. It's great. Doctors can offer this service without a big cash outlay, especially in many cases the vendor supplies the monitor. So you can either purchase the Holter recorder and software package and use it with a computer to generate reports, or you can arrange for the vendor to supply the monitor and patient kits. And it doesn't take up much space. The training for your staff is about a day. If you do as few as, I'd say, 25 studies a year, you can make it profitable. And certainly if you do more, you can bump that whole thing up. Dispensing drugs from your office Now, this isn't a snap. It's a service to patients. It's real good revenue. It saves a lot of aggravation, but it takes work. It takes effort. You need cabinets and a computer, not that those are a big deal, but even if you only dispense non-controlled substances, they should be locked up. You can use a commercial distributor, but you'll still need to purchase the vendor's software and probably have to have a label printer and a barcode scanner and some other hardware. The staff has to be trained in handling transactions and educating patients about meds, and you have to have security. There's a decent amount of work involved, but it can be considerable revenue if that's a direction you want to go. Laser hair removal, this isn't for everybody. I mean, not every doctor just wants to do this. People can get laser hair removal 
dozens of places, but for some reason they just feel a lot safer with a doctor doing it or in a doctor's office. You probably have to purchase the machine and have an electrologist perform the procedure. And to make this pay off, you have to have a number of patients each week. But it is a strategy, and some doctors work around it. They have the electrologist one or two days a week, schedule all the laser for those two days, and it works out for them. Leslie, I I have tried the laser hair removal in my practice. We've had a machine for five years. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I cannot wait for that lease to be up so we can get rid of the machine. <laughs> it is expensive. Uh-huh. It is difficult to get patients to do, and it has not made money for us, although I can see how it has made money for other physicians. Leslie, if, if a doctor is joining us late in the show and wants to find out some of these things that you talked about and how to be more profitable, where, where can he go? What, where, what can he look for? I would say um, if he could just attend seminars and conferences, you talk to other doctors, learn from practice management experts. Medical Economics has a website, www.medicaleconomics.com, and we tell physicians how to manage their practices, the trends and developments they need to be aware of, practice technology, and we really go into depth about aspects of building a successful practice. I really want to thank our guest, Leslie Kane of Medical Economics Magazine, who joined us today to discuss the biggest practice challenges facing doctors today. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill. You have been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.